to the uh, Bruins Brenda's podcast, season two, episode 22, Pasta Extension with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Rink podcast network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and ECHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink and download the Inside the Rink app. Smitty will tell you now about how you can sign up for ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, you can watch the Bruins on ESPN Plus by signing up on InsideTheRink.com. Go to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN to sign up. And I have ESPN Plus. I love it. All the out-of-market NHL games, college hockey, soccer, college basketball. You're getting into the NCAA tournament real soon right now. All the conference tournaments are starting to get underway. So all kinds of great basketball action uh, and many, many other sports there. So you can sign up for ESPN Plus at inside the rink.com slash ESPN. So you haven't lived in, until you've watched Tennessee Tech and UT Martin uh, in college uh, March Madness action on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, a couple yeah, of Tennessee schools going at it. You know, the Volunteer State, just <laughs> rivals. Just, uh, you know, it's a battle. Yeah. It's a battle. And you want to watch it, and you want to watch it on ESPN+, Plus, and you want to sign up through inside yeah. the rink. So we yes. get a little piece of the action. Yeah, a little, little piece of the action Come is, on. Always, is always fun. And I'll tell you what, the March 11th, I believe it's the March 11th game between the uh, Bruins and Detroit Red Wings, is an ESPN Plus Hulu exclusive. So you'll need that sucker uh, on March 11th if you want to watch some Bruins action. So go ahead and do that. Um, all right, weekend review. It's a quick one here. Uh, March second versus Buffalo, a seven to one win for Boston. Bruins start slowly in it in it in this one, but Swayman, Jeremy Swayman, is sharp early. Bruins finally solve Uku Pekka Lupin, <laughs> uh with two goals in uh, uh, one twenty six in the second. Bruins get better as the game goes on. They get an insurance goal from Zaka. What a pretty play! Uh, on, on the Zaka goal, and then an empty netter from Pasternak is 43rd of the year. They fall asleep a little bit after that goal and allow a goal and take a penalty quickly, but they get two short, shorthanded goals, five goals in the period, and run away 7-1 in the final. Fastest to, to 100 points in history. Only negative was Brad Marchand's uh, injury that didn't seem to be too serious. Yeah, I mean, just a blitz by the Bruins there in the third period with the five goals. And it, and it was a, a fairly close game uh, prior to that. So, uh, you know, a nice win against the Buffalo team that's kind of fighting for their lives right now. And mm-hmm. and uh, the Bruins go in there and just uh, put, a, put a hurting on them. So, uh, you know, Buffalo's chances of, of making the playoffs here are dwindling uh, as we speak. So uh, a nice win for the Bruins to, uh, you know, uh, beat up a little bit on a divisional opponent. Yeah, it's uh, Buffalo with Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck, collecting all the Rasmuses they can find, <laughs> and uh, they've been you know they've been pretty good. They're they're young and up and coming, and maybe next year's the year for them. But uh, it was a good win for Boston, and then March fourth today, the Rangers four to two win for Boston, a good playoff atmosphere. Bruins grabbed the lead late in the first on a goal by Charlie Coyle. It's a great pass from the new uh, addition, Tyler Bertuzzi. That's his first point as a Bruin. The, the Bees extend the lead on a shorthanded goal in the second by Thomas Nosek. He gets behind Patrick Kane and scores in tight. Great dangles by Nosek as he comes in alone and scores on the backhand. Rangers cut it to 2-1 to one in the third on a power play goal. Nice tip uh, for the goal. Bruins extend the lead to 3-1 to one with a Bergeron goal from Marchand. A great shot inside the post and in. Uh, and they ice it with a pasta's uh, 44th goal of the season on a sweet feed from Charlie McAvoy. Bruins weren't particularly sharp throughout, but continue to grind and wear teams down and capitalize in the third. Hey, plus 51 in the third period for the season. That's better than anyone's uh, plus uh, plus minus uh, for the whole season. <laughs> yeah. So their third period is, is better than anybody else's whole season. Bruins get their 10th in a row and now some much needed rest as they're off until Thursday. Yeah, nice win against the Rangers team that, uh, you know, is really kind of trying to trying to make a push here for the playoffs. You know, they bring in Kane, they bring in uh, Tarasenko from from St. Louis. Uh, and it and it seems like it really hasn't clicked yet for Kane 
and, and Panarin, and they haven't found that old Chicago Blackhawks magic. Uh, the the announcers today really, really, really seemed like they wanted it to happen, uh, especially mm-hmm. Ray Ferraro. They brought it up quite a bit, how mm-hmm. Kane and Tarasenko, how dominant they had been in the past and how it really wasn't happening for them and, and how, uh, you know, if the Rangers want to make any kind of push, they really need to kind of fire, uh, find that chemistry and, and rekindle uh, what they had with the Blackhawks. So it'll be interesting to see how it works out for the Rangers. Uh, you know, Kane's older now. Uh, Panarin's kind of a different player. He's He hasn't played with Kane in, in, a, in a while now. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of find that and rekindle it and uh, uh, get the, the Rangers on, uh, you know, kind of a hot streak going into the playoffs here. But I think it really all comes back to goaltending for the Rangers and Shesterkin just isn't the same guy that he was last year when he was dominant uh, and won the Vezina trophy. So uh, if the Rangers don't get the goaltending, it's not going to matter how good their offense is. Yeah. And PK Subban was talking about it between periods. Like it's with the Rangers about defense and goaltending. And if they can do that, they'll, they'll be a, a threat to the Bruins. If they can't, then they just, I mean, they just won't. And that's, you know, that's sort of the story for all the teams in the Eastern conference, really. Um, you know, it, it's, it, to me, it's always good to, to hear Sean McDonough do hockey game. I don't know. I just, I just like, I just like it when he does it. And I know that, you know, there's a lot of Rangers talk on the broadcast, but it's always nice to hear Sean McDonough. I think he's a good hockey guy. I think he's always been, he hasn't done a ton of hockey in his career, but it's always nice to hear him do hockey games. I, I just like the way, the way he does it. Um, all right, seven chirps time, sponsored by Lobster Brewing. Lobster Brewing and Tasting Room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializes in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week. Go ahead and use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order at lopsbrewing.com. And then you can also follow them at lopsbrewing on social media for new beers and events since Chirp One, Don Sweeney does it again, acquires Tyler Bertuzzi for a protected first in 2004, top 10 protected, and a fourth rounder in 2025. Uh, seems to be a really, really tremendous trade, again, for Sweeney, who's on a real hot streak right now. Yeah, I agree. I love the trade. I love all the acquisitions he made at the deadline. I think all the players that they brought in uh, really addressed kind of some needs that they had. You get Orlov, who's a top four defenseman. He's a left shot guy. He'll fit in perfectly with uh, McAvoy or Carlo, depending on how they want to, you know, bring Lindholm. Uh, So you have, you know, McAvoy, Carlo, Orlov, and Lindholm as your top four. Uh, I don't think there's any... Uh, anyone that's really disputing that. Um, so, you know, he's a great addition. Then you have Hathaway who adds some sandpaper, some, some experience, um, some toughness to the, to the bottom hits, everything that moves. He's going to be a great, you know, third, fourth line guy. He can, he can cause some havoc. And then you bring in uh, Bertuzzi who's had, you know, a couple of 20 goal seasons and a 30 goal season, a uh, little injury prone this year. But um, you know all the uh, all the attributes, all the skill is there with him. So uh, he's going to be a real nice addition uh, to the to the bottom six, and uh, really will solidify things down there. So uh, really, really good additions all the way around, and you really can't say enough about uh, what Sweeney did and and the way that he's kind of gone all in here to try to get uh, you know this group a, another cup. It's funny how every year you seem to hear about all these rumors about guys coming and going and so forth. And then always it seems to be something out of left field that all of a sudden turns up and comes together and, and you have a trade that you didn't even have on the radar. Mm-hmm. And both of the big trades they made, Orlov and, and Hathaway and also Bertuzzi, all, all of them sort of never talked about before they all come together almost in a day. And here, here you have it. So it's from all the talk you hear, it's, it always seems to be that someone out of left field comes in. And here's the other thing. Sweeney has not given up a single prospect in a thin prospect pool. He's never get, he hasn't given up one single prospect in that, which is really astounding uh, and really a credit to Sweeney and the way he's been able to handle trades. 
It, it is, and, and it'll be interesting to see moving forward because, you know, they are going to have some very lean draft years coming up here with no first-round picks until 2025, I don't think, uh, no second-round picks until maybe 2026. Uh, so um, there's there's some there's going to be some shortages there, so it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they address that. Um, probably, you know, through the undrafted um, player pool, uh, they've had some success with that in the past, and then it'll be you know trading guys. Maybe you acquire some picks back uh, when you move some guys out, or you you know fill your prospect pool out by trading some other guys and bringing in some prospects in some of those trades. So it'll be interesting to see how he kind of manages that part of it. But uh, you really have to be happy with um, what they, what they've done and what he's done uh, as far as bringing in talent for this uh, particular team. No question. You also have to be uh, really happy about chirp number two. David Pasternak extends eight years uh, at 11.25 per season. Uh, <laughs> big sigh of relief for for Bruins Nation. Uh, there there were some people that aren't happy with the length. And, you know, I look, at, I, I think that David Pasternak, obviously a gifted goal scorer, uh, one of the top wings, two or three wings in the league, uh, this is kind of the going rate for that type of thing. Um, but I think that some people, again, Pasternak with some Bruins fans, there's a little bit of he's not a Bruins type of player, kind of like David Krejci. Mm-hmm. The two of them, I think, get a little bit. They don't get as enough rope as some other guys because they're not the banger, you know, big, bad Bruin type of player. I agree with that. I think that's 100% true. And I'll revert back to um, find me another guy who could score 40 goals that's big and bangs, and we can sign him for the team. But those guys aren't around. There, there aren't any of them. You know, the 40 goal scorers in the league are Ovechkin. He's not getting moved off his team. He's going to break the no. goal-scoring record. Connor McDavid's not getting traded anytime soon. Leon Draisaitl's not going anywhere. So, right. you know, it, to, to, to think that you're going to end up with a guy who's going to be the prototypical Bruin uh, is just a falsehood. They're, the, the, those guys aren't in the league anymore. It's a different type of league now. And as we've said previously, 40 goal scores don't go on trees. You need, you need those guys. Those are the guys who produce for you. He produces for you. He leads the team in points. He's fourth or fifth in the league in points. He's second in the league in goals. Like those are the guys you want to build around. It it would be like, you know, if this guy was on the Arizona Coyotes, they wouldn't have built around him. They would have traded him with Chicken with Chickering and everyone else. And and you know, we we said last episode, you know, what is Arizona doing? Getting rid of guys who are young and under contract that you need to build around. Uh, the Bruins are are building around the guys they should be building around. It's Bostonok, it's McAvoy, it's the goaltending, it's Lindholm, you know, Marshan, Bergeron. Those guys signed uh, team friendly deals to to keep kind of the core of the team intact. Um, that's what you're looking to do. You're looking to build around the guys like Pasternak, who's going to be your franchise guy for the next eight years. Yeah, no question. And, and last, yesterday when I was doing the trade deadline show on Inside the Rink, our crack producer, Connor Green, had this great stat. Uh, Arizona has one UFA left uh, on their on their roster right now. One. Uh, so they've gotten rid of anybody who is anybody uh, who, who needs to be resigned for next year. Uh, so they're basically going with a bunch of expiring contracts, or I don't know if they're loading up for Austin Matthews or so forth. But this is the, as you said, this is the going rate. This is what it is. You know, a term, a, a Termi uh, Panarin, who we talked uh, saw today with the Rangers, twelve million bucks. You know, Mitch Marner made eleven a, a while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the kind of the, the deal you need to make. And you're a big market, Boston. You're a Boston original six. You know, you need to, you can, you can afford to have this type of deal with this type of goal score i mean that's 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 what you can do as a big market team and an original six team so this is uh this is a good deal for them and you know i don't see parsonak he's ninth already in team history and goals you know i mean for crying out loud like this guy is you're not going to find this guy anywhere else and he's turning 27 i mean he's still in the prime of his career you're going to get four or five more years like this so i don't think this is a great move uh, for the Bruins for sure. And you had to do it. 
because you couldn't let him go to free agency. You couldn't lose him for nothing. Mm-mm. So you had to do it. Um, chart number three, Taylor Hall headed to long-term IR. Uh, Hall and Fralino not expected back until playoffs at the earliest two left wings. Not great for this team. It's not great, but at the same time, uh, being able to put a guy on long-term IR, you kind of get that cap money to use, which is uh, fortuitous to be able to bring in a guy like Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, and then you can get him back for the playoffs, and the cap doesn't matter anymore. So they can they can Tampa Bay the hell out of this and, and massage the cap a little bit and, and make things work in their favor like like Tampa Bay and other teams have done in the past. So, um, you know, kind of a, maybe a little bit of a happy accident there. Obviously not for mm-hmm. Hall and Felino because you'd rather have those guys in the lineup. But uh, the fact that those guys can get a little healthy, um, maybe you keep a little bit of the mileage off them uh, before the playoffs start isn't a – necessarily a bad thing and then uh they're going to be hungry they're going to be wanting to get back in the lineup um the spots there's not as many spots as there were uh with Hathaway and and Bertuzzi in now so guys are going to be fighting for jobs guys are going to be hungry guys are going to want to be in the lineup for the playoffs so you develop a little internal competition there too uh none of that is a bad thing in my opinion so um uh, a net positive uh coming out of maybe a couple of negatives yeah, I don't think it's as egregious as Tampa Bay did in the past. No. But I think that Boston does it with a little bit of smirk that says, okay, this is setting up this way, so we're going to ride it ride it home, all the way home. Oh, yeah. I mean, and we're going to massage it the way we want. Yeah, I mean, Sweeney came out today, and he's like, oh, there's no timeline. <laughs> like, yeah, there's no, yeah. Yeah, there's no timeline. Yeah, yeah, most yeah, of the time, yeah. most of the time, they're like, yeah, it could be, you know, he's week to week. Right now, they're like, no, there's no timeline. The timeline, the timeline is when the playoffs roll around and they can afford to bring these guys back in is what the timeline is. But they're not going to say that because, you know, they're going to work it like the like Tampa Bay worked it. Good for them. It's going to be round one against Pittsburgh or the Islanders or whoever it is. And that's where it's going to be. And that's fine. And that's and that's actually good for the for the Bruins because they've been. You know, playing a little bit of musical chairs with the with the defenseman right now, giving some load management with them, mm-hmm. and now they can they can rest Hall and Felino for a bit, and and they can move some guys around. So I think it's fortuitous for them. Uh, chirp four, best NHL trade trade deadline in a while. You think? Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, tons of tons of action around the league. I mean, it helps when you have some really, really bad teams out there. You have to, some teams trying to tank on purpose to get t- Connor Bedard, so they're moving guys left and right off their rosters to try to get into that, you know, bottom, you know, one to five there where they can uh, have a shot at getting Bedard because he's a generational talent. So, uh, yeah, a lot of action, a lot of good players moved, um, a lot of big trades. So, uh, yeah, a lot of action, a lot of fun. Uh, the league needs more of this. I think the deadline should not be 3 o'clock on a Friday, though. I think that's no, miserable. I, that's uh, I, I, think you, I think you put it uh, on a weekend or you put it something where you could have, you know, uh, maybe primetime coverage, make it at, you know, 5 or 8 or something on a Saturday, yeah. maybe yeah. to get a little more coverage out of that for the league and, and so forth. But, uh, yeah, overall, uh, a fantastic deadline and, and really happy with what the Bruins did, obviously. Yeah, for sure. And I think this is a – it was a really good trade deadline. It, it, you know, the, the the actual day of the deadline was a little bit of a dud, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you're doing a, a trade deadline show <laughs> like I did yesterday. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, there was – the two weeks before was just day after day of, of really big moves mm-hmm. and a lot of movement. And I was surprised because going into it, I thought with a salary cap situation with about 27, 28 teams, I thought it might be a dud where teams are kind of hamstrung. But they really went after it and push the money forward and retain money. And they really went after it. And I thought it was a, re- a really good deadline uh, with a lot of activity, which I think there's a lot of deadlines in other sports that become duds because you think, oh, here's this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and it doesn't. But with the NHL, it was a really good deadline, I thought, uh, and with a lot of activity. Uh, Chirp 5, Craig Button on Sports Center says the gap between the Bruins and the rest of the league is the greatest since the 2002 Detroit Red Wings. Uh, as of the Bruins, shouldn't be scared of anyone in the East. Only team they should worry about is the Avalanche. Do you agree with that? I do not agree with that. I do not agree with that at all. I think the East uh, is full of teams 
that you could be scared of. I think um, Carolina you could be scared of. I think New Jersey you could be scared of. I think Toronto you could be scared of. Uh, Tampa Bay, you know, back-to-back cups, obviously experience and and um, winning uh, pedigree there. You should be scared of them. I mean, I think the East, you know, one through six – any of those teams, the Rangers, even you could you could be scared of Shosturkin. You know they have the goaltending, or they had it last year, and and their forward group is is incredibly talented. And then you have you know Fox and Lindgren, and so uh, you know there's a lot a lot of teams in the East who could give uh, the Bruins a run for their money. Um, and then out west, you know it is. It is Colorado, in my opinion, um, just because they've dealt with so many injuries all year long. Um, but, you know, they get Landeskog back. They just got Makar back today. Um, so they're going to be a, a very tough out, um, you know, along with Vegas and, and Dallas and some other teams. Dallas-Colorado uh, game this afternoon was a, was a great game there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, yeah, some good teams in the West. But uh, I think the East is just stacked. I do too. I think Carolina and Toronto and the Devils and the Rangers are all really good competition for the for Boston. Carolina really scares me. I mean, it seems to be their kind of kryptonite right now. So I still, so I think that the Bruins have to show that they can beat Carolina, and that would be a, quite a series. Toronto would be a great series. Um, so I, I think that there's a lot to worry about in the East, uh, especially with the Bruins. You know, they 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 continue to win. They won ten in a row. But the way they've been playing lately at times with the puck management and the turnovers uh, is scary in the playoffs to me. You know, it is turn that stuff over. It's uh, they rely on Montgomery said it today in the intermission. They showed that the uh, in the locker room, his speech in one of the intermissions, we can't rely on Lena Salmark, uh, you know, to just bail us out. We got to get back to playing Bruins hockey. And he said that. And I think that that's a telling sign when the coach can can see it. Yeah, and I and I think the one saving grace maybe for the Bruins uh, and obviously some of those other teams in the East is uh, a lot of the really good teams are going to have to play each other in this ridiculous playoff format. So, right. um, you know, Carolina and Jersey, like uh, New York, those teams are going to have to battle each other to, to come out of that division. Um, you know, the Bruins, Tampa and Toronto are going to have to play each other in the first round. So one of those teams is going to be out. Uh, mm. So... There, there's, there's a saving grace there where uh, some of those teams are going to be knocked out early to, you know, to their detriment, but uh, you know, maybe to the to the Bruins and and some other teams' benefit. Yeah, and I and I agree. And that right now, if it if it ended today, the Devils and Rangers would play in round one. That would be such a great series. I mean, they they have a, a rivalry there anyway, mm-hmm. uh, and the two teams are have done great moves at the at the deadline, and they that would be such such a good series. And again. You know, you, that could be a seven-game series that really beats teams up. Um, the Bruins could come away with the you know, Islanders and Penguins. Maybe they sweep or get you know a five-game series. Yeah, so that that can be that can dictate you know how a series will go and so forth. So uh, I agree with you. Um, all right, so uh, trip number six, and this came in from Jared on Twitter. Who do you think the Bruins will re-sign of the many UFAs and RFAs they have? Coming up. Who do I think they'll resign, or who do I yeah. want them to resign? Because well, that's an entirely with, different let's question. Want them? Let's start with want them. So, uh, what I want is for them to move. So, so I think they say goodbye to Clifton. I don't think they're going to resign right. Clifton. I think he's priced himself out. So, right. I think they let him walk. I think you let you trade one of either Grizzlick or Riley, and mm-hmm. free up enough money to sign Orlov to an extension. So mm-hmm. that you have him solidified in your top four, then you have Forbort and either you know Zaboral or someone else. Uh, you right. find a low-priced free agent to fill Clifton's spot. So yeah. I re-sign Orlov. Number one, I'm trying to re-sign Bertuzzi as well. Uh, so whether that's um, trying to create some money. Whether it's um, Felino, I think goes. I don't think he comes back. I don't think right. uh, Nosek comes back. Um, Frederick, you'll sign to a restricted deal. I don't think he'll get a long-term deal. I think he'll get a bridge yeah. deal. Um, so I think hopefully there's enough money there for Bertuzzi, and then you know the big two. It's Bergeron and and Krejci. You know, depending on what happens this year, do those guys come back? 
Right. And if they do, obviously you want to resign them. Do they mm-hmm. take similar deals that they took this year? Um, with the with the same type of expectation that they're going to be more, um, you know, bonuses that they can reach uh, to bump their salaries up, uh, like they like they did with their the bonus overage going into next year. Looks like it's going to be about four and a half million. So um, I think it's those two guys. It's Bertuzzi and Orlov for me. Those are the guys that I that I would want back. Didn't they handle the the Krejci overage with? One of these deals, I thought they, I thought they, I saw something about that, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Bergeron, I think, comes back. Krejci, I think, does not come back. Uh, Either way, or if they, if if they uh, win, I think Bergeron comes back one more year. I think Krejci's gone either way. I think it's, I think Bergeron comes back. I mean, he's at the top of his game. He's still not, you know, he's still relatively youngish. He's not like 40. Uh, I think he's still playing elite hockey. Uh, Krejci, I think, is coming back. I think he's coming back for this one year to see if he can get a cup. And I think he's going back home. Uh, so those are those two guys. Krejci's uh, third on the team in points now right now, by the way. Yeah, he is. But I think that Krejci, just judging by kind of who he is as a person, mm-hmm. Um, and he's already gone back to Chechia once. I think he goes back again. Okay. Um, the other thing is, I think you, I think you move. I think they'll move Grizzlick and Riley both. Uh, and I think they'll probably make a bid at Orlov. He is thirty-one, so there's a caveat there at his age. Um, but I, I would like to see them try to come up with a deal with him, even if it's a bridge type, uh, to try to get him re-signed. Um, I think they may kick the tires on coil. And that's the key guy with me. He does make five and a half or so. Like he makes a good amount of money. And I think with Merkulov in the, in the mix and so forth, I think you might see them try to move coil. And that's a guy that can really free up some space for them. And you talked about draft picks. I think they can get back into certain drafts if they want to with some of these guys like Riley Grizzlick and coil. Um, so those are the three guys I think that are kind of on the trade cusp. Um, I think they get Freddie back at a, at an RFA. I think the qualifying offer is like 1.15. Mm-hmm. I think you see like a one year, one, two, five type of thing, whatever. Um, I think with him, um, and then the other guy is Bertuzzi. And I think if you move on from coil, you might have Bertuzzi in there, uh, as a guy that you can extend. So I think that that's on the radar for me. Um, as far as who to trade, I would explore obviously Riley and Grizzlick, I think is kind of on the edge. And then Coyle is the guy I think that you, especially if you win the cup, I think Coyle is the guy you try to move. So I think, I think that's, uh, that's kind of what they'll, at least that's what I would think of because you can, you know, if you move Coyle for a pick or picking a prospect, you're, 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 you know, saving 5 million bucks. You are. I don't. I just. I'm just not sure that they would trade a center already being weak at center. Like if Bergeron, right. Bergeron comes back, you know, yeah, you might be okay. But yeah. if if Bergeron doesn't come back, you know, if if Krejci doesn't come back and Ber, and Bergeron doesn't come back, there's no way they're trading Coil. Well, the the thing is that if Bergeron comes back and you have Bergeron, Masha, and Debrusk one more year, and then you have Zaka, Bertuzzi, Hall. Yeah. So these are top two lines. And then you have like Merkulov on a third line with say, you know, Frederick and some fucking buddy. I don't know, Uh, you know, in there. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. If Bergeron comes back, I think you're more inclined to, to send coil um, and sort of, and and save some money there. Especially if you think that Merkulov can take a roster spot because Zaka can play second line center. So that's kind of how I'm. Okay. I see that. that. I mean, I think you have to make some sort of, you know, risky kind of out of your comfort zone move with your salary cap situation right now. I think you have to. I mean, I think it's hard to keep kind of, you know, just make it, you know, getting by. Um, You have to have some sort of transition period here. And I think Coyle may be the guy. To do it, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they keep Coil right through the end of his contract. Maybe know. it's Hall, but maybe it's Hall. Hall's another guy, six million bucks. I mean, if you think that Bertuzzi will come in at you know four and a half, 
<laughs> then maybe maybe you trade Hall. You know what I mean? So Hall and Coyle, I think, are definitely in the mix to be chips if they feel like they want to keep Orlov and, and Bertuzzi and go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And this might be the way to do it. Um, all right. Uh, chirp seven. When do the Bruins start resting forwards? Tomorrow. Uh, yeah, soon. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. So they'll have uh, a few days off here. Uh, you know, they don't play again until Thursday. Um, but they have a bunch of games uh, coming up here in uh, not a lot of time. And I right. believe, what, every weekend for the next month, they have back-to-backs uh, on yeah. the weekends with travel. They, they have like four of them. Yeah. Uh, so I think in those back-to-backs on the weekends, you're going to see some guys starting starting to get time sure. off. Um uh, sure. You know, Bergeron, Krejci, um, some of those guys are going to start Marchand. seeing some Marchand. Yeah. Any any guy that's nicked up a little bit, you'll start to see those guys get some time off, especially the older guys. The younger guys, maybe they'll just they'll just let play through it unless uh, unless they have kind of a lingering uh, injury that we don't know about. But, uh, yeah, I, I could see in like the second half of back to backs or, or yeah. whatever will ease the travel burden on some of those guys for them to start right. getting, you know, a little bit of time to kind right. of gear up for, uh, the grind that's going to be the playoffs. Yeah. I think you have to, I think, you know, you've already seen Marshan kind of have a scare with a, with a bang in the knee. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, Felino and Hall and DeBruscas have been injured and, I think it'd be fortuitous, especially with a guy like Krejci. I mean, you want him at top top performance, and I think Krejci is a guy that definitely needs to get some some time, give him a couple of games here or there, back-to-backs, uh, so you can be fresh for the playoffs. So I think you're definitely going to see that. Also, you haven't seen McAvoy or Lindholm in that rotation of defensemen who have taken load, load management. So I think that might happen. Here too, I I wouldn't be against it. It will be interesting to see because they mentioned today on the broadcast that uh, Montgomery said that McAvoy or or uh, in the pregame maybe McAvoy and uh, Lindholm are not going to be included in the in the wow, that's, uh, that's in in that. It is interesting because yeah. I would certainly include it, especially if they're dealing with any kind of lingering issue, because you're going to lean on those guys heavily come playoff time. So. Uh, I I think uh, I think I'm with you there. I think those guys should should be worked into that rotation. No, and here's the other thing: why not why not do it just to see what you would be if you happen to lose McAvoy and Lindholm for a playoff game? True enough. Like you know, like like see what your pairings would be and see how that would work without the guy. Yeah, like, I don't see why you need to play them all the way through the season. I mean, you're you're what is it, 16, 17 points ahead in the Atlantic? Like, I don't see why you need to do that. But uh, that, that's going to be interesting if, if one of them gets hurt or if you end up not getting past the first or second round, that might be something that people question at the end of the season. Why didn't you rest certain guys? Yeah, you know? I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. Um, all right, DraftKings Sportsbook, Boston's hometown sportsbook, will be live soon right here in Massachusetts. Bet local and all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings to celebrate all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using code ITR. Soon you'll be able to bet local on money lines, spreads, props, and more. With one of America's top-rated sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with code ITR to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Massachusetts. That's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist. Free and confidentially, 24-7. 21 plus, physically present in mass. Eligibility restrictions apply. Subject to regularly licensed requirements. Eligibility, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Opt-in required. Bonus issued at free bets. Terms at DraftKings.com MA. All right, beauties and benders time. Beauties. Here are the top three beauties for uh, this last couple of days, really. Uh, beauty number three, Dmitry Orlov, five games now. Three goals, six assists for nine points. When should we start talking extension? Uh, so very soon. Very soon. <laughs> like tomorrow. Like, yeah. 
As soon as yeah. as soon as we can clear the money, <laughs> as soon as we can find the money to talk to him about it, uh, let's talk to him about it because uh, he is uh, fit in extremely well, obviously, and uh, he he brings a little bit of an edge to the back end, which I like. Uh, and he has the offensive tools. He's a he's a minute eater. Uh, he he plays power play, which uh, has struggled with the Bruins a little bit. So I, uh, he scored a power play goal. So, I, I mean, I think that kind of stuff uh, helps. I think he's a great fit uh, for the team. So uh, absolutely, as soon as, as soon as it's humanly possible, I think they should begin the talks. I, I salivate a little when I think about McAvoy, Lindholm, Orlov, Carlo for the next whatever years. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a good top four. Uh, really good. However many years. Mm -hmm. And and if you, again, can't really solidify the centers, you won't be as good at the center position. Then if your goaltenders and defense are that stout, then you have a fighting chance. Absolutely. You really do. You have have the defensive like that. You have goaltending like that. And you have a guy who can put 40 in, uh, uh, in Pasternak, then yeah, you you give yourself a fighting chance for sure. Uh, All right. Beauty number two, David, Pasternak. Gonna love you, eh? They're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk. Scored his 44th goal today and a new extension. Maybe he could take us all out to dinner. You think he'd do a Bruins Benders dinner? Yes. Yeah, will. we should. Maybe next Saturday at Massimino's. Massimino's. We're going to Massimino's next Saturday. <laughs> we extend it. I'm gonna put it on Twitter. David, come on over to Massimino's. Put on any type of of guys you need any disguise yeah. you need and just sit down with us at Massimino's in the cellar there and we'll break uh some amount of pasto yeah we'll break bread uh yeah. i'll even i'll even go as far even though he he uh he got the big new contract i'll even go as to as so far as to say dinner is on me david yeah, okay. i will pay for you i will pay for your dinner sure. if you if you show up and and want to break bread with the bruins benders podcast Sure. I, I live paycheck to paycheck and will pay for your dinner. Yes. Even though you make 11.25 <laughs> a year, I will pay for your dinner at Mass Meters. It'll cost me, you know, $250. Yeah. And I don't give a shit. Nope. Like you come and, and eat with us. Yeah. Next Saturday, without a doubt. Uh, all right. Beauty number one, uh, you can bring Don Sweeney with you as well. Gonna love you. They're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk. Sweens. Sweens. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, he has been, trade after trade has been a, an absolute. Uh, home run, uh, his and he has gotten better. I feel like all the all the bad talk about Don Sweeney is back to like 2015 and, and Zach Ronaldo and all this other stuff he's done. Mm-hmm. Mike Riley, even Matt Pileski, yeah, you, you, you know, you know, you know, you can you can say a number of different things, but in the last two or three years, it really there really hasn't been a lot there. Yeah, the only thing I would say is the Mitchell Miller thing, but but right. you and I both both said, and I and I think it's true that that was not his call. I don't it, think it was. No, I don't, I don't think, think it was, was either. I think that was right. above his pay grade, and I think mm-hmm. he had to eat it and try to put the best face on it he could. Uh, so that's not really on him. So, like you said, uh, yeah. you know, it's hard to it's hard to have any kind of problem uh, problems with what he's done here for the Bruins. Um, in the last few years with the trades he's made, with the extensions he's signed, uh, with the guys he's brought in at this deadline. It's really, really hard to criticize anything he's done. He's made all the moves, put the team in the best position possible to mm-hmm. succeed, and now it just comes down to the players and whether they can execute and, and, and do the things they need to do to, to bring a cup home. But he's, he's done everything in his power and his ability, managing the cap and massaging it and doing mm-hmm. this and getting guys to retain money and and uh he's done everything he possibly can to give the team a chance to win uh so now it's on the players so i think sweens deserves an extension himself no i do i mean and that's that's kind of been an under the radar like we're not quite sure what exactly he makes and that and so forth um but if there's a if there's an extension to be had I would think he has to have it. And someone was talking on, I think on sports radio the other day about if they don't make the final, if they don't win the cup, you know, the Sweeney get fired. I don't think there's any way in hell. I think if Sweeney, I've always said this, if, if they make a playoff round or two, he's safe for the end till the end of time. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And all, and all the moves he's made and all the, efforts he's made to try to get this team another Stanley Cup. I don't think there's any way he gets fired unless they, the only way I think is if they get for some reason swept in round one. 
even if they do that, I feel like even if they do that, he's done everything in his power. Like he can't play the games. So if he, you know, he, he, you, he can't really, you can, if you want to blame anybody at this point in time, if they lose in the first round and get swept, it's going to be on the players. It's not going to be on him. Like he may be a scapegoat, I guess, uh, with the fans and so forth, but I don't think he will be with management. You know, I don't think he will be with the Jacobs. So I think his, his job is, is safe because of all the things we've talked about, all the things he's done leading up to this point to kind of put this team in a position to win. If they don't have a history of, of firing general managers no, they that don't. often. Well, they have four in the last 40 years yeah. or whatever. I mean, they just don't. And I think if as long as you make the playoffs and have a competitive team, I think the Jacobs family, family is fine with you. Could they could they move on from Montgomery? That'd be a tough one because of all the players have talked so highly about him. Uh, some colossal failure in the first round. I mean, I guess, but I don't, I don't see him going either. But I think you would... You know, I'm not sure what would happen if they get swept in the first round. It might be just a complete, like, overall, who knows, of the players and the roster. But uh, I don't think Sweeney gets fired at all. Yeah. So uh, we will move on now to the Benders. And Jesus, this is getting hard. We, we put a poll out on Twitter earlier today and said, what should we talk about with the Benders? Because the team's been so damn good. We don't know what to talk about. Uh, so we got a little bit of action from you guys. And, and, and you really said, basically, talk about some random shit. So uh, here we go. Bender number three, March snowstorms. <laughs> March snowstorms kind of suck. I mean, oh let, we're trying to get ready for spring here. And then all of a sudden, you know, you dump, you dump, you know, eight to 12 inches of snow on us or two inches of, of heavy, slushy snow, yeah. rain, bullshit. Uh, yeah. We're all set with that. Thank you. Uh, let's let, heavy snow up here in Maine. Yeah, let's like, let's just stop. I shoveled my driveway today and it was like two inches of the heaviest slush oh ever. And then I yeah. looked out like two hours later and this and it was still snowing. But for some reason, everybody's driveways were cleared like this, like the slush just like magically disappeared. So I went out there and shoveled right. for, you know, an hour for no particular reason whatsoever other than to, you know, go out there and just try to hurt my back or something yeah that so that's stupid fucking groundhog somebody shoot that fucking thing in the head like seriously like here's the thing the groundhog sees a shadow first of all he sees a shadow every fucking year yeah like the the the, the what is it spring starts what march 21st or 2nd 21st like, yeah obviously there's six weeks of, of winter you know Every goddamn year. Like, obviously, yeah. it has nothing to do with the groundhog. No. Like, come on, for God's sakes. And in Maine, it inevitably puts, a sh- like, a heavy, you know, 8 to 12-inch storm in March every single year. And here we are, March 4th, and we get buried again. Uh, hopefully, it's the last one because I work at a school, and I hope that we don't have any more snow days so I can get the hell out of there. There you go. Perfect segue. Uh, so uh, number two is the grocery store before that same snowstorm. So to the grocery store the day before the snowstorm, and I swear to God, it was one of those days where the lines were down the aisles, like at the old Star Market. Days, oh yeah, where it's just like down to the friggin' meat department and wrapped around. Like, I don't need this. And then people on the loudspeaker, like you know, Michaela to register twelve, please. Where's Michaela? She's down at McDonald's. Like she's taking her break. She's not coming back early from break. Go she's smoking yourself. cigarettes like, in the parking stuff. lot. Yeah, Hit, hitting I mean, the just like insane. Hitting the shit. People don't smoke cigarettes anymore. Hitting the hitting the jewel, uh, whatever. <laughs> I don't even know what it's called. There was some young girl behind me, like probably twenty two or twenty four, like whatever. Says to the guy next behind her, like. Boy, I didn't. It's never usually like this. I didn't think it'd be like this today. I turned around to her. I was like, "There's a snowstorm tomorrow. You don't get the grocery store snowstorm phenomenon. You don't get that." I, I I was in line the other day at the grocery store, and an old lady said that to me. Jesus, I don't. It's never like this. It's never like this. Well, 
Yeah. Number one, don't talk to me. I don't want to be here. I'm, I'm not trying to make friendly conversation. Uh, it's yeah. the grocery store. I'm trying to get in and out. You know, you're in my way. You've always been in my way. Yeah, uh, constantly. Constantly in my way. So uh, let's let's just move it along. Let's get things. Let's get out of there. Everybody grab your milk, grab your bread, grab your canned goods, and then we can yeah. all go home and, and beat ourselves in the head with our can of baked beans and... and <laughs> And then it'll be over for us, and yeah, and everybody right. will be happy. What, what happened to those goddamn arrows they had during COVID? <laughs> like that actually created some traffic patterns. Like that was. Oh yeah, the one way, the one way, the one way aisles at the supermarkets. Yeah. That was yes. that was glorious. Oh, wasn't it ever? Like you can't come this side. Yeah, you can't do it. No, no, fuck this. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, and bender number one, we're going to go back to hockey and we're going to throw the Bruins power play right on this list. Out of bender. Five for its last 43 is not good, and they have too much talent uh, for the power play to be bad for this long. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. When you this skill, they even said on the broadcast, I think, uh, regarding the Rangers, because they were like three for the last 12 or 13. Uh, you know, it's amazing when people so supremely skilled and the roster you have that you go in such power play droughts. Mm. And look, the Bruins at one point were like third in the league, and right now they're like seventh. Yeah, the they're league. seventh. Everybody's everybody's crying about the power play like they're the worst team in the league at it. They're seventh. They're still seventh top ten, but everybody's yeah. like, oh, you got to take McAvoy off the first power play and all this right. stuff. Like, it, it's not that yeah. bad, folks. I mean, no, relax. They've hit a they've hit a slump here, uh, but you know, the last time they hit a pretty big slump come come the power play, they did okay in the playoffs, if you yeah. can remember. They did okay that year. Yeah, they, yeah. they, they did okay. The yeah. They were awful on the power play. They were, and they and they won the cup. So there you go. There you uh, go. All right. Uh, Bruins, Brenda's power rankings. Uh, some changes as opposed to the last uh, week. Okay. Last week, you know. uh, seventh, uh, Tampa Bay drops two spots. They're three, four, and three in their last 10. And that uh, was Kucherov and Sam Coase and Point. Yes. I mean, they were all benched in the third period today. They were. They were. Development. Cooper's sending, trying to send a message, and and you know we'll see how it goes because that could that can backfire because it backfired with Stevie Casper with uh, with 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 Neely and uh, who else was it? Garen? Kevin, Kevin Stevens? It's Kevin Stevens and and Cam Neely, right? Yeah, it was. So. Yeah. Uh, so that all that doesn't always go as well as uh, as the coach would hope would would hope. So we'll see. We'll see down yeah. there. Yeah, that was that was an interesting development for a team that's going to face probably Toronto in the first round again. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so number six is Vegas. They're up a spot, seven one and two on their last ten. And Jonathan Quick's going to make a start against Montreal soon here. Uh, his first start for the Knights. Uh, number five, Dallas looks really good uh, today. I was watching the Colorado game. Look really good. Mm-hmm. Four three and three in their last ten. Uh, number four is Toronto, six and four in their last ten. New Jersey is third, six, two, and two in their last 10. Uh, Carolina is second, seven, and three in their last 10. And then Boston, still number one for a while now, 49, eight, and five, 103 points, plus 105, plus 51 in the third period. They won 10 games in a row. Their plus minus in the third period is better than anyone else's plus minus for the entire uh, season game. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good team. Little bit of a wagon and uh, added some nice pieces. So uh, loving the hell out of that. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. So let's watch the Bruins. It'll be fun. Uh, so now we're going to the Benders, Bedard, Tankapalooza. And number 30 is your Chicago Blackhawks who have lost four in a row. And I saw uh, their projection lines for the game today. And oh God, I, I honestly did not recognize anybody on the team. Did not recognize anybody. I didn't recognize any names because Taves out and the rest of the guys are just a bunch of guys. It's I didn't, it's really, like, I didn't know who it was. Yeah, it's like first line. It's like jag, jag, jag. Second line, yeah. jag, jag, jag. Third line, jag, jag, jag. Yeah. Defense, I think the only Seth guy Jones. I, was asking to see you. I think he was on the first line right wing. Okay. And the rest of them, I had no idea. I recognize like, Seth Jones. 
also yeah, on defense. Jones, That's it. Yeah, the top. Yeah, he's. You know, that was a terrible, terrible move by them, and a terrible amount of money to spend on him. Um, Couldn't have yeah, given that money to what's, to break it. Who's their AHL team? Chicago Wolves. Uh, Wolves. I thought it was a Wolves lineup. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I had no idea. I mean, it looks like a Wolves lineup. It really yeah. does. Uh, number 31 is Columbus. They're the worst team in the league. Uh, 46 points. They've lost two in a row. The team absolutely blows. They traded away uh, a ton of pieces uh, to try to uh, retool some things and get into this Bedard sweep da- sweepstakes uh, so that he can play with Johnny Johnny Hockey. Uh, so we'll see how that goes for them. But, uh, yeah, just uh, just horrendous. Uh, mm-hmm. to watch them play hockey at this point mm-hmm. in the season. And number 32, your Montreal Canadiens have lost two in a row, so they're trying to get back into the Bedard thing, but they're kind of a uh, little Jekyll and Hyde here. They're winning some games, and they're losing some games. They don't really know what they're doing. They have too much of a history to just go full tank, I think, because uh, the fans don't want to see that. Uh, they want the player, obviously. They want Bedard. The fans want Bedard, but they want the team to win, too. So uh, yeah. they're kind of uh, caught there in a little bit of a catch-22 because it's a proud franchise. Uh, but, man, uh, they're not doing it correctly because they're winning some games and then they're losing some games. So uh, you got to lose all the games if you want to yes. get into the sweepstakes. Yeah, try try losing them all because that's, that's how it's done. Yeah. Um, all right, prospect spotlight time, and we had a uh, request from Javi McCarthy. Uh, if that's not a Boston name, I don't know what is. Attaboy, Javi. But uh, Javi was on the Twitter and said, hey, can you recap some prospects? You know what? We can because I just wrote an article on the top 10 prospects who I think are the top 10 okay, uh, or top 10 prospects to watch on inside the rink coming out tomorrow morning. And uh, first, of course, Fabian Lysel, first round pick overall in 2021, widely regarded as the Bruins top prospect. Uh, he will, he actually has 11 goals, 17 assists and 28 points in 37 games and playing with Georgie Mikulov on that line for much of the season. His last five games, though, just one assist and a minus nine in the last five. Yeah, I mean, it's really it's really his first year kind of of, of uh, full-on professional hockey. So, uh, you know, getting, getting used to some things. Uh, he's still kind of a slight guy, uh, a little bit of a smaller guy. He has the quickness. Yeah. He has the passing instincts. Um, but uh, yeah, he's got some growing up to do as far as his game and 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 the defensive end uh, of the of the game and, and getting stronger and so forth. So uh, he might do well to see uh, at least one more year in uh, in the AHL with Providence. Sure. Second uh, second prospect, Georgie Mukulov is his line mate, an undrafted uh, player that was signed out of Ohio State. One of the hottest prospects in minor league hockey right now. Uh, he's 22 years old. He has 18 goals and 23 assists in 49 games for Providence. Uh, he has surged into the conversation as maybe the Bruins' top prospect with nine goals, five assists, 14 points in his last 10 games. Uh, he's a skilled center for the next two seasons with a salary cap hit of 925000 per for a year. And it'll be interesting to see if he can, I think if anybody, he's probably in the running to assume one of those spots next year. Yeah, I think I think he could be. I I think it depends um, a little bit on what happens with their centers because I'm not sure they would want to put him in his position to be like a fourth line guy, only getting like ten minutes a night. So if unless he can crack like the top three, you know, unless Krejci's gone and he somehow sure. slides into that third line center role or right. or whatever, um, he probably will get more time in Providence uh, yeah. unless unless that happens. And, and uh, you know, we'll see uh, how that goes. But uh, he's definitely an exciting prospect. There's another undrafted guy there. Um, so uh, the Bruins have had pretty good success with uh, those type of guys. You know, I've seen this in the past with prospects like Donato, uh, Ryan Donato, Jack Stanika, you know, guys who they kind of, you can't just throw them on the fourth line because that's a different type of line, different type of player. So, uh, and you're not going to score a lot of points down the fourth line. So these guys need to find like top six minutes to really show their worth. And Merkulov, maybe that type of guy as well. Uh, third prospect, Mason Lowry, 2020. 
22nd round pick. Uh, six foot four, 205 pound defenseman playing at Ohio State. This is a sophomore year. Good offensive skill, puck moving ability. Uh, he has three goals and 23 assists on the season. All three goals have coming in his last six games. He plays a ton of minutes, about half the game, I think, for Ohio State. Uh, the odds are good that Lowe will sign with Boston at the end of the collegiate season. Um, I think the Bruins would want him to because he's 22 years old, and I think it's time for him to turn pro. Yeah, I think so. I think he will sign, and, and he will turn pro. He's a left shot D. Uh, so there's another guy that you could potentially have there as a as a depth piece, as a seventh eighth defenseman. Maybe next year he'll he'll play uh, the majority of the time in Providence, unless he uh, wows them in in camp. But uh, yeah, it'll it'll be uh, nice to get a guy like that into the fold. Sure, Brett Harrison, uh, 2021 third round pick, uh, 85th overall, six foot two, 185 pound center. Uh, started the season with the Oshawa Generals and the OHL. Was traded to the Windsor Spitfires to play with Shane Wright. And he's coached by Bruin, a uh, former Bruin, Mark Savard. He's 19 years old. He's had a terrific season in 51 games. He has 32 goals and 31 assists in his last 10 games, six goals, seven assists. Uh, and Harrison is, you know, there was some talk about maybe his compete level and effort level and, and that kind of thing, 200 foot game. But Harrison has really made a jump this year. It seems. Yeah. And he could shoot the hell out of the puck. So if you, if you have an elite skill, and and he does with his uh, with his shot. Uh, you will probably make it to the NHL just because you have a skill. There's guys like Frank Trano who who was never a great skater, didn't really have much other parts, much other parts to his game. And uh, he made the NHL, and he's had a pretty successful career in the NHL because he can really right. shoot the puck. Right. So if you if you can if you can you move without the puck and get to a place where you can get your shot off uh, and you have an NHL caliber shot, you're going to have success at this level. What has Smitty said before? If you need to have an elite skill, you I don't do. Care what it is, it needs to be elite. Something, something needs to be elite, mm-hmm. and his shot is elite. Uh, Matthew Poitras, 2022 second round pick. Poitras is playing his second season with the Guelph Storm of the OHL, one of the top centers in the league right now. 14 goals and 60 assists has collected an assist in 12 straight games. Uh, and in two seasons with the Storm, 35 goals, 89 assists. Turns 19 on March 10th. He's currently unsigned. But that seems to be a pretty good find in the second round. Yeah, and, and there's a guy whose passing ability, obviously, elite. Sure. So, yeah. uh, and he's got a, he's got a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a hot temper, a little bit of a streak there where he's a little bit, maybe hard to play against. Um, you know, he's had some suspension problems earlier in the season. So, um, you know, there's a guy who has a compete level and, and can certainly, uh, dish the puck. So he'll be a welcome addition to the Bruins, uh, in the future. Sure. Uh, Brandon Bussey, undrafted goaltender, signed as a free agent out of Western Michigan University. Tall, athletic goaltender. He's 16-3-4 this season with a 2-4-5 goals against and 9-24 save percentage for the Providence Bruins this season. Uh, climbing the ranks of Bruins prospects, he was a three-year starter at Western Michigan. Uh, his numbers have slipped a little bit recently in his last three games. The net, the Netmeyer has, has allowed... Uh, uh, 12 goals with a save percentage of 836. So he's had a little bit of a slump here. The Bruins just traded Keith Kincaid as well. So he's splitting time with Kyle Kaiser. He's 24 years old, and he'll be a restricted free agent at the end of the season. So an interesting, uh, you know, uh, end of the season and decision on Bussy. Yeah, I think they'll re-sign him. Uh, he has he's he's had a track record that's too good for them not to uh, keep a goalie prospect. Um, you know in the system, uh, especially when those are tough to come by. Uh, so, you know, goaltending is such a big part of hockey and, a, and in such a, an important position. You want to keep guys like that around. So I think he'll resign. Um, and the fact that Kincaid's gone now, I think maybe we'll open him up to get a little more playing time, which uh, I think can only help him in the future. Sure, and, they, and the Bruins have had, as we talked about before, great success with goaltenders in the past, obviously, uh, and have some good prospects now. All right, Johnny Beecher, 2019 first-round pick, 30th overall. Beecher followed an injury-filled career at Michigan, signed a three-year entry-level deal that goes through 2024-25. He's six foot, 210-pound center, has great speed, good motor on the ice. The early projections for him were a bottom-six center, 
However, the Bruins would like to see a little bit more offensive production, I think. Beecher has six goals, 11 assists in 42 games this season. Uh, next season, he could be able to assume a role in the bottom six in the Bruins roster because of the salary crunch, crunch they're facing. Beecher is kind of one of those guys that you know, you're hearing less and less about, and I'm not sure how concerned I should be about that. Yeah, it, it, I think the production is a is a problem. Um, right. So if he can't produce at the AHL level, is he going to produce at the NHL level? Probably not. Uh, but his skating is elite. So if he can be a fourth line guy and 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 chip in, you know, five to ten goals and 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 be a good penalty killer and that kind of thing, like I feel like he could assume Thomas Nosek's spot if he can win faceoffs and be responsible in his own end, kill penalties. He'll have a career in the NHL because he's because he's big and and he's fast. So um, I, I think, you know, he may not be what you hoped he would be, but he can be a, a pretty decent bottom six guy if he can kind of figure out the defensive end and, uh, you know, keep track of that part and, and make that a priority in his game. I think he could have an NHL career. And in a perfect world, Mark McLaughlin we might be his, uh, his line mate for Boston next season. He was signed as a free agent out of Boston College. He was a captain for BC. Uh, he's a hometown kid from North Berwicker, Massachusetts. Uh, he scored three goals at the end of the last regular season, really burst onto the scene, so it showed some promise, had a great camp. And a lot of people were disappointed they didn't make the roster out of camp. And after a slow start this season, McLaughlin has 10 goals and 12 assists in 50 games. Uh, he's a six foot, 200-pound forward has scored three of those goals in the last 10 games. He'll be a restricted free agent at season's end as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do there. I think I, I would like to see the Bruins keep him. Uh, I think he he does have a pretty good shot, and he's has pretty good hockey sense. Um, you know, they don't really have a spot for him in the top six, top nine. So can he fill a role, you know, in the bottom six? I'm not sure that's exactly what, uh, he envisioned for himself. So maybe he's looking to go somewhere else and get an opportunity where maybe he can get a little more ice time and it's a little more offensive uh, minded. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him uh, at the end of the year. You know, look at a perfect world for the Bruins. If you could have Beecher and McLaughlin on the fourth line at short money, that'd be great, but they have to produce, like you said, and I'm not sure, you know, what, you know, what kind of opportunity they'll get in Boston, at least for next year. Mm -hmm. uh, Trevor Kuntar uh, is a 2020 third-round pick, 85th overall. He's at Boston College, having a very good season, 13 goals, 15 assists in 28 games. He's a six-foot, 195-pound junior, plays a physical grinding game, kind of a fire hydrant kind of player, uh, improving his offensive production. He has a stocky frame. He wins puck battles. He has good leverage around the net. He's a 21-year-old left shot forward. He's unsigned and could either play a senior season at BC or sign and turn pro after the season. Yeah, I, I think uh, that would be a guy that Bruins should get into the fold because I think he's he can play a little center. He can play a little wing. Um, you know, with the with the lack of centers they have, um, you know, on the NHL roster or potentially on the NHL roster in the coming years. I think that's a guy that you would want to get into the fold as at least, uh, you know, a depth center uh, prospect. So we'll see what happens with him because I, I think, you know, he, he is good around the net and he can, um, you know, score some goals he, and he's uh, feisty. So uh, I, th I think he would be a good addition um, to, you know, Providence and then hopefully Boston in the future. And then Kyle Kaiser is an undrafted, uh, was an undrafted free agent, signed as a free agent by Boston back in 2017 as an 18-year-old after a strong rookie camp. As a, in the 23-year-old now is on a one-year extension, will be a restricted free agent in the offseason. He's 6 to 180 pounds, played three seasons with Oshawa in the OHL before joining Providence. Kaiser has played 14 games as Bussey's teammate with Providence, and it's been solid, 2.44 goals against, 7-2-2 seven, seven, two and two record. Um, he struggled the last three games, allowing eight goals on 39 shots, 7.95 save percentage. Uh, so Kaiser is another guy restricted, and it seems as all, all their prospect goalies are restricted free agents, including 
swimming. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. Uh, the same same reason I think they'll keep him around. Um, you know, you can't have too many goalie prospects, in my opinion, and I think the Bruins value those guys, so I think they'll try to re-sign him, and, and hopefully those two guys will be the tandem in Providence again next year and gain some more experience, um, you know, for and one of them will hopefully win the job of the backup to Swayman when Allmark is done and Swayman is around and, and performing well as, an, as a number one goaltender in the NHL. So uh, it'll be good to have a, a goalie pipeline there and, and hopefully they can uh, re-sign Kaiser to uh, help with that. Sure. And then there's other notable prospects like Andre Gasot and, and Oscar Jelvik or, or Trevor Kuntar's teammates at BC. Gasot has actually been really hot lately. I think he has, um, I think I saw like six goals and 17 assists in the last few games here. So he's uh, he's coming on as Jelvik as well. Uh, forward Riley Duran is now hurt with Providence. He missed the game, I think, tonight. Uh, but he's been coming on as a late-round pick. Phillips Vedbeck is his teammate. He's a goaltender prospect with Boston. And then defenseman Ty Gallagher, who was a defender of the month in January with BU, uh, is a seventh-round pick for them. And then Frederick Brunet, who I liked when they drafted him, mm-hmm. just from kind of what I read about him in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. He's now with Victoriaville. He's a good offensive defensive, putting up some really good numbers, and he might be a steal late. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I've always liked the Brunet pick, and and uh, I hope uh, he can turn into that kind of offensive guy that uh, you know they could use back there. Sure, and, and God knows they could use some prospects to fill some spots. That's one hundred percent next year at <laughs> for sure. All right, week ahead for Boston, three nine, March 9th, first Edmonton, a rematch with the Oilers. March 11th and 12th, back-to-backs with Detroit. Uh, first, they'll be home against Detroit on the 11th, and then at Detroit on the 12th, and then on March 14th at Chicago. Go to uh, InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Download the Inside the Rink app or on TikTok as well. Rate and review us on Apple and subscribe and follow on the podcast platforms and sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. Also download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use ITR as a code to get some bonus bets. And we appreciate you listening. And thanks a lot. And we will see you again next week. Hey, have a great week, everybody. Go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.